Hey guys, welcome to our Five is One podcast. And with that being said, this is episode 15, Gerald. How about this, man? We're getting uh, we're getting up well into double digits, and uh, we got a big one going on today. Yeah, we do. We got some friends finally able to get on. They said they wanted to talk about it. It's going to be fixed sports. Uh, somebody that uh, we've we've been throwing you guys uh, little taglines with our sponsors. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're excited to have Chris Clark uh, and Dalton White. Uh, both two guys that we met uh, through training here in Colorado. Uh, Chris is an accomplished strength coach and uh, ex-football player. So we're going to talk some ball, uh, Division One football player, uh, when Chris started Fix and kind of his vision. And we want to get into kind of how the training component, how it's all going to kind of steer itself into maybe guys that are finishing the season and how we can put a good plan together for guys uh, finishing their season, getting things rolling. Then also we're going to have Dalton White, who is also a strength coach at Fix and is now at uh, uh, UC Irvine as uh, one of the basketball strength coaches. So we got a little uh, cross promotional deal going on, multiple sports, talking uh, football, basketball. These guys have worked with uh, Olympic athletes. So we're excited for this podcast, Gerald. Um, you know, I mean, what's left to be said other than our tagline? And with that being said, let's get this going. And with that being said, and with that being said, with that being said, and with that being said, with that being said, I'm really thankful I, I got that chance to go play at K State. With that being said, with that being said, thank you all. And with that being said, with that being said, I am. Hey. Nah, with that being said. Hey guys, welcome to our Five is One podcast with special guest from Fix Sports. We've got Chris Clark and Dalton White in the house today. So uh, first off, Gerald, man, uh, you got anything new and exciting? What's going on in Colorado these days? We've got all these kids in the middle of the season. Anything um, your way that's happening? You know, what I'd have to say is uh, exciting is that we're getting close to the end of in-season training. I love in-season training. I do. But uh, there, there's a point where, you know, you got to start pulling back. I would say uh, both uh, Dalton and Clark Bay understand what I'm saying, where you can't just burn kids out. Um, for training-wise, it's okay. You know, I'm fine to stretch with the guys, get things like that. But I come in there some days, like, I really want to get going. I really want to have fun. So we're getting closer to that off-season, and uh, we'll be in fixed uh, sports, which is probably the best thing. This is a good moment for me. To do our uh, sponsorship, since Fix is here, I, I think I think I should do it right now, right? <clears throat> so here we go. Fix Sports, uh, being in Monument, Colorado, Fix Sports is one of the number one uh, sports facilities. Take your skills to the next level with uh, proper training and muscle activation, nutrition, physical therapy, and sports performance. So. With that being said, look at us. We got fix here. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. I love it, man. This is awesome. And and both these guys we met. I met both Chris Clark and Dalton White at Fix um, as my kids started their training uh, at the high school level and uh, for multiple sports. And I think that's the thing with finding more well-rounded athletes out there. That's what, as a college coach, I always wanted guys that um, weren't just a one-trick pony that they can play multiple positions. And Dalton, you've worked with a number of different sports. Clark, you've seen a lot of guys come through your facility. But first, before we kind of get into all that, I wanted to do a little bit of an intro because, Chris, you played at TCU. 
Um, I actually, looking back at our years, I think I might have coached against you when you were at TCU. What what were your years that that you were under Coach Gary Patterson over there at, at TCU? Uh, I got there in 03 was my first year, and my last season was the 06 season. So okay. 2003, 2004 were last our last two years in the conference, you would say. And then we made that jump to the Mount West in 05. And so 05, 06, my, my junior senior years, we were, we were there. And then about five years later, that's when we made the, the big jump to the Big 12 and everything's history since then. But yeah, two years in Mount West. Yeah, you guys, you guys kind of rolled the Mountain West for a while. I remember when I was coaching at San Diego State, we went into uh, Fort Worth, and and they've got like what what's they've got like that little thing in the end zone that has all the horns, and it's like it goes off every time they score. It's like this. Yeah, we call it the frog horn. It's actually a converted <laughs> train engine um, whistle, whatever. Um, because you know, Fort Worth's cow town, so that's all the cow. You know, when trains were invented, that's all the cows came in, or excuse me, went out of Cowtown. They all got, um, uh, you know, herded in from from West Texas, where the ranches were. They brought them to Cowtown. They weighed them, branded them, and then they sold them off. And then they went on the trains on up to, you know, Kansas City, Chicago, get slaughtered and feed the people. So yeah, that's that's the Froghorn. Well, you got. I think they ran out of out of gas on the Froghorn because they. You guys were rolling. I, I want to say it was in the in the high fifties that uh, that the Horn Frogs put it on the Aztecs that day. So um, bad memories in that stadium. But um, Clark, give us a little bit of your background after playing at TCU under Coach Patterson. You went into the military uh, for a little while and served our country. So thank you for that. Give us a little background on military and then kind of where you've been since then to bring you up to speed now. Yeah, so like you said, after graduating, I uh, went to the military, went active duty. So I was doing ROTC at the same time. I was in college and playing football um, and then went straight to active duty. Um, started out with my uh, officer basic course uh, up at Fort Knox. So we'll learn how to be be a tank commander as well as a recon, uh, recon platoon leader, learned all the tactics of, of that uh, or both of those. Um, and then before I came to Colorado, which was my – my first duty station um, actually stopped at Fort Benning because uh, they decided they wanted to send me to ranger school. Um, even though I wanted to go to Bath Ranger School, they said go to ranger school instead. Um, so when did that and then got to Colorado. Um, four months later, I had a platoon. Um, I had a recon platoon and then we went to Iraq. So um, uh, over the course of eight years, um, was a recon platoon leader in Iraq. Um, and then I was a uh, operations planner uh, for the brigade, which would be about a 5,000 person organization. Um, so I spent about half that deployment planning operations, uh, combat operations in Kandahar, switch sides um, uh, uh, of, of planning. And I went actually went over to uh, the engineer cell to help with the planning of closing tactical infrastructure long term. Um, and then after that, um, being back, did another, uh, did another train up at Carson. Um, this time I went, I switched over. They had me, long story, kind of shorter, switching over to a different branch. And basically I flew a desk for like my last three years of the military. We did one more tour to Kuwait. Um, actually, we're there in the desert when um, ISIS kind of started popping off up in Iraq. And we actually, during our return back, as we're starting to um, piecemeal the brigade back home, 
um, we actually got um, sent back into Iraq. So I think we were the first regular army units to go back into Iraq since major combat operations had ended or anything. Um, but then, yeah, we came back from that. Um, I got out of the military. And then that's when um, when I went to, um, I got out and I started coaching high school football here. Uh, Coach at Palmer Ridge, where uh, well, a lot of our <laughs> are at right now. Um, that's kind of got me, got me, my fire and my passion for coaching and especially football kind of relent. And um, so did that. And then um, during that time I was also applied for grad school. To my surprise, I got into Northwestern university. God bless you. Did that. And, <laughs> yeah, so I think, uh, no, we did not, be, we did not beat Nebraska that year. Um, no, 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 they came up and uh, they, they, they did what Nebraska normally does. But, um, when I when I got up there, um, I wanted to get I wanted to stay in football, and um, I got onto Pat Fitzgerald's staff. Um, so I, I put in a sent an email over to Coach Patterson. I told him, "Hey, this is what I'm doing, and anyway, you can just you know give him a heads up, let him know like I'm just trying to find a place." And so I I I, I compared it to walking on. I walked onto the coaching staff, um, and yeah, so I did uh, did about half a month, excuse me, half a year of recruiting. Um, which is kind of cool because when I look at some college rosters, even some NFL rosters, I'm like, I tried recruiting that guy. So it's kind of cool. Um, and then I got some, uh, I got some GA time in, um, coaching wide receivers. And then, um, it really kind of came to a, came to, um, the decision point right around graduation time was, did I want to stay on that, you know, magic carpet ride that is college coaching or, um, do I want to come back to Colorado and, build fix and that's uh so i called jason dill my uh my partner and we made the decision i said hey you know because we talked about it before i left and he's like absolutely still want to do it so i was like all right we'll move back to colorado we'll build fix and kind of the rest is history there that's awesome man you've been a lot of different places you've been around some great people and that's why i think it's you know you said you tried to recruit certain people um like i tried to recruit gerald i couldn't quite you know get it done but, uh, you know, I ended up being able to coach him years down, years later down the road in the XFL. And it's all this business is all about relationships and good people. And uh, that's the thing that I think why we love training our guys at Fix is because of the relationships, because of the coaching experience that you have, um, kind of the, the way that we want to train our players, the way that we want to train our clients and the plan that we have moving forward to incorporate the strength training uh, component to it and got a chance to meet Dalton and get to know him um, while really my oldest son Walker was training there getting ready to go into his um, junior and senior year and and Dalton you've worked with a ton of different sports also you've got a wide background right um, went to Minnesota if I'm not mistaken right you so bet. went to Minnesota got your degree there in kinesiology and then Kind of what brought you back to Colorado and give us a little bit of kind of your journey and what brings you to being at the division one level coaching now. Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you uh, both Gerald and, and Jonathan for having me here. Uh, it's good to be back on uh, meeting with Clark. We didn't do a lot of those back in our day when we worked together, but <laughs> here we are. So uh, yeah, I grew up in Wisconsin. Um, never really knew what I wanted to do when I grew up, but I've, Throughout college, I found personal training um, and and found that I could 
coach athletes and and uh, the you know finer points of strength and conditioning and uh make a a decent living out of it so uh once i found out there was an opportunity there uh same same stories you start calling people texting people you have no idea how to get a hold of anyone um not even supposed to be in half the buildings i'm in it's just like uh sneak your way in you know stay till you're, everyone else is gone don't get locked out that kind of stuff uh i did that for university of minnesota with the basketball program for one year and then i uh moved out to colorado to go to grad school in colorado springs had like two months of downtime so i got an internship with the colorado state football program there um mike bobo was the head coach when i was working there under uh coach ryan davis was the head strength and conditioning coach um so i owe those guys a lot uh to where i'm at today and then i owe uh chris and jason at fix everything for for me being able to be where i'm at today coaching at the division one level I spent four awesome years um, in the private sector at Fix Sports and just kind of working my way through grad school for the first half of that. Um, taught a little bit, coached some hockey programs. Um, majority of my work that I got to have was with the, the private sector clients at Fix. And I just think it was the best learning experience for me all the way around. You get to work with, uh, on any given day, I would have a six-year-old figure skater, a 78-year-old personal training client, um, this this young boy named Matthew who was uh, uh get down syndrome uh had an Olympic gold medalist in there and a semi-retired professional baseball player and then you know 10 15 high school middle school kids every hour on top of that uh it was a great learning experience like 99% of what I get to use every single day I get to owe to, to Chris and Jason at fix and and getting to work with Walker um and Tyler like both you know, I learned something from everyone the whole way through. Now I'm at UC Irvine. Um, I spent about a year, uh, wanted to get back into team sports. So I took an unpaid internship at the University of Colorado Boulder. So that's when I was doing the commute back and forth between Colorado Springs and Boulder for about seven months. Got to work with their basketball program and landed this job out at UC Irvine. We were uh, co-champions of the regular season last year, lost in our um postseason tournament so our site our eyes are set on march madness this year and we just got rolling on practice about two weeks ago so we're we're right back in the middle of things i appreciate you jumping on man i know how busy those guys are right now i mean schedule is crazy i mean gerald chris you guys know you guys lived it how crazy the college division one schedule is i mean my son's dealing with it right now he's going with 6 a.m. workouts, he's got four classes, he's got tutor, he's got nutrition, he's got practice meetings, all that stuff. Like, it's hard to squeeze everything in when you want to play at a high level in Dalton. Like, you are you guys have your eyes set on March Madness. I mean, that is like the epitome of what college basketball, you want to be in that tournament, you want to have that opportunity, and there's been a great tradition at Irvine. And so how much have you seen like a transition going uh to kind of the culture there um how much is the strength and performance staff incorporated with the coaching staff in just your short time that you've been there going on your second year right now yeah i would say the the biggest change for me um was not me being any busier like i i love work i love what i get to do every day and i think it's a blessing that i get to wake up and, and go coach athletes so whether it's a, a 4 a.m., a 3 a.m. alarm clock, none of that really bothers me. But I do know it bothers our guys from time to time. Um, so I, I think the the 
the biggest thing for me, our program with our schedule is just getting people where they need to be and on time. It is probably easier with a football program because you have so many people. Um, you know, it's just this mass of people. We're going to meetings. We're going to walk through. You know, we're at weights this time. Um, and I think with our program, we're a mid-major program, so we're not a Power Five uh, Division One program. We get to do more with maybe a little bit less resources, but um, you know, at the end of the day, you still show up and the work is the same. It doesn't matter if we're using ten thousand dollars fourth force plates out in the weight room or a, a old rusty barbell. Um, you know, the the work is the same, uh, and really just trying to to teach kids that the hard work is okay. It's okay to be busy because those are the the lessons that you're going to take on in life. And I hope. Um, you know, most coaches across the United States probably think this way. It's like, I'm not trying to develop people um, to just be good for me. I want them to be great men um, and women in society after they're done playing too. So the accountability, the the showing up when you don't want to, doing things that you don't want to have to do, uh, you're going to see that every day of your life, especially after you're done with sports. So really trying to set kids up for the success that direction, along with just physical, more robust, uh, healthier athletes long-term. Yeah. And, and like you said, real quick, when, you know, sometimes those rusty plates and bars, sometimes those weigh a little bit more than, than <laughs> all what it is? shiny stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, 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 when you're getting some calluses on your hands, when you're having to do things a little bit, you know, it's not always catered to you. Sometimes you get a little bit more grit, a little bit more toughness when you're out there scrapping and clawing and, and doing all the things that uh, it's not just uh, spoon fed to you. Um, Chris, I wanted to hit you. I think, I think those barbells are heavier because they're in kilos. <laughs> like, we're just we're just making up stuff now. Now we're just, <laughs> we're just doing whatever we want. We're gonna make this the hardest day in the outside. I got barbells; they're rested almost to the ground. Hey, it just makes you a little tougher. That's where I'm going, man. Makes you a little tougher when you're a little scrappier, throwing some of those old school <clears throat> weights that maybe don't match up the right way. Like my there's a lot to be said different. about that. There's yeah. a lot to be said about that. I think, uh, I don't know. I, hopefully no one from my team doesn't hear this, but I know that they hired me because I do have a little bit of that grit being from Wisconsin, a little bit, uh, you know, put your head down and work type of guy. Um, and I know they're trying to get me to help instill that in our team. Uh, and that's just the, the, the culture is like, it's like California. I don't know, like whatever it is out here, you guys lived here longer than I have at this point, but we're just trying to make some tough kids out here. And I think that's, that's mental, that's physical, that's, that's spiritual. That's wherever you can take it, try to be the toughest. That's it. And it's all, and it's about the discipline of training. And that's Clark. I wanted to bring you in Chris about what our plans are here at fix. Like we've been training kids in, in the Colorado Springs monument area, probably for, geez, we're probably about a year, year and a half now with, with the clients that we've got coming in and, We've got guys playing in Division One football. We've got guys playing Division Three. We've got middle school kids that come in and train with us. But our vision is not only just what the kids are getting from jail tonight, with the coaching from a guy that's played at Nebraska, a guy that's played in the NFL, a guy that's, you know, myself, I have 25 years of coaching experience with every single level. But the technique can only take you so far, but really you have to have those building blocks of the training component and kind of Clark, we got together, we sat down and we tried to put a plan together for how kids can build themselves up here at your facility uh, using our training a couple times a week. We'll usually train with guys twice a week to get some technique work. Um, but 
they need to get the strength training. They need to get the flexibility. We need to talk about nutrition. We need to talk about recovery and kind of, Chris, do you want to take a little bit of this and, and kind of what your vision is for the off season program at fix for the middle school and high school athletes that, that we're training with five is one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the, the first two kind of the two biggest components to address that, um, you know, coming out of a season and having, you know, middle school to high school developmental stages. Um, I think the number one most important thing is to make ensure that we're analyzing biomechanics properly um, because we're, you look at, yeah, they're coming out of football season, football is kind of our gig, but we're training athletes. And I think that should that should be addressed. Number one is their athleticism. Um, and then number two is the demand um, of, of their sport or, and maybe more specifically their position. So um, kind of looking at those more so, probably especially so for our middle school athletes, looking at addressing biomechanics, good movement, doing what the body is designed to do and being able to do it well. And then and then kind of look at adding weight. And same thing with our high school athletes, but more so there's uh, there's a little bit more obviously more physical demand the higher level you go speed strength power um and being able to absorb all of that as well um and so i i think number one coming out of it coming out of season no matter how long how short it is is being healthy um getting the body the the rest and the recovery that it needs and you know that looks like 10 days of sitting on the couch doing nothing except you know, getting up and doing a little bit of flexibility and going, you know, walking the dog because you haven't done it all football season. But giving that body the time to recover, um, and then and then kind of start, you know, reconditioning, if you will, for um, for resistance training and some some of that stuff. And then and then it's kind of full tilt. Um, we start going, and um, what we're looking at with um, with uh, with our with our winter off season program is kind of that first two weeks of um, reintegration, if you will. And then um, about a 10, maybe 12-week program. Um, and really, it's, I mean, it's a lot of volume, what we're going to be looking at. Um, I have found that high volume has done a lot to grow the body for for the, the sport of football, for the game of football, um, in terms of you know, strength, mass, and size as well. Um and then I think some of the lessons learned come, coming out of having done so much of that, both as an athlete and, and doing it as a coach as well, um, is finding some of the appropriate movements, especially fast movements, because pushing, you know, pushing heavy weight and, and getting that one rep max up is great. But if we have to go back and kind of retrain to be athletic, um, then it, it's almost time time that we've lost because we have to go back and redo it um i'd rather just stay athletic and develop athleticism and strength and power um as as we go through that 12-week program so um it's it's kind of it's kind of been a a a long journey many years of um, experience but also um finding that kind of the the weak points in in the program and making it better um, and so that's what, that's kind of what we're going to be looking at for about three months. Um, and this program that, that we did without the tweaks, we did this, uh, this last winter and across the board, 
Um, and we had guys like Jackson St. Aubin who came in doing, you know, having not lifted in like two months, came in and benched like 340 pounds or something ridiculous like that. And still increasing by about 11% on his bench press, which if you do the math, that's still a lot of, a lot of weight. It doesn't seem like a lot when you just talk about percentages, but when you're multiplying by that much weight, it was still a big jump for him. Um, but across the board, I think on average, about 13% in every single lift category that we, that we measured from, from the start to the end of that program. Um, so yeah, great results and looking to see even, even better ones this, this, this round coming. And it's one of the, one of the things, Gerald, sorry to jump in, like trying to create a, a plan. There's no just one plan for everybody. Cause we're going to have kids that are coming in with great background, different ages. I mean, we see from the ages that we're training with, I mean, Gerald, you brought it up before the kids that are just training and maybe lifting weights for the very first time. And then you're training a senior in high school that might be getting ready to move on and go to college. Like we have to coach them different. Gerald, you've had some experiences with that just for the last couple months training with these guys. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, I, I don't even know if you'd say humbling on what you think, you know, just because you're so used to doing something doesn't mean that you know how to coach it. You don't know how to explain it to other people. And uh, yeah, that's that's what this this last uh, off season really was for me, which was great. Um, <clears throat> there was a point that I was trying to make while you were talking. It was uh, you, you, we, we were going through the um, <clears throat> as kids are in their season, the things that they have to do to keep their bodies recovered, keep them safe and all this stuff. I always have to tell all these young guys and they, they don't believe me completely, but uh, I think uh, both of you two, you'll understand what I'm saying here about stretching, right? A lot of these young guys, they think like, okay, just because I can wake up the next day from my game, if it's basketball, if it's football, and they'll be fine right now. Okay, but let me let me take you into your 20s. Let me get you into the years that you're trying to make this your profession. I promise you, you can't just wake up the next day from a hard workout without having to do your right stretching, getting yourself warm, getting yourself all lathered up so you're able to do it again and again. Uh, just talking about, you know, uh, prevention. If you guys have anything, Dalton, you can start us off on just prevention, just to keep yourself out there playing, right? Yeah, uh, I think it starts off with routine. It's uh, trying to build habits with our athletes, um, whether it be 13-year-olds or 21-year-olds. I think young men and women generally know what the right decisions to make are. They know they should wake up in the morning and go stretch, but it's that, that same thing, fighting that negative momentum um, and doing something that you know is going to be good for your body that I think is like the biggest habits to start building in athletes, whether that be their recovery, their mobility, uh, just showing up in strength training every day, uh, but building those those pre-practice routines, those morning routines. If you're really trying to take this and, and have it be your profession, like you got to treat it like you're a professional. You have to go in and get in the ice tub. Like I don't care if you don't want to today, just go in and get in the ice bath. You know it's going to be the best thing for you tomorrow. Um, so from my perspective, those are some of the battles I'm fighting. You, you, uh, Coach Saban had a great point about this. He uh, said our athletes have the illusion of choice. If they want to be great. I know what they have to do and they're going to have to do what I know they need to do, but they're, they have the illusion of choice nowadays that there might be, this might be the right thing. This might be the right thing with everything they see on the internet and everything else. Um, you know, at the end of the day, just sitting down, stretching, doing the simple things and doing them right more often than not, I think you're going to get way more progress, stay out on the field longer 
and, and be healthier for a longer career, just finding the things that work for you and being relentlessly consistent with them. Definitely. 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 Clark, you got anything to add on to that? Hold Sorry. on for a second. Here he is. Yeah. Well, you know, it Dalton talks about, you know, just try to create habit. And, um, I, and, you know, what, if you ever infect you, you see our flags on the wall. I mean, we've got, we've got some, we've got some flags. I mean, we got obviously Kentucky, but LSU, Arkansas, we got some, you know, obviously SEC athletes who have been there, Michigan, Ohio state, Texas now. Um, and then, and then the, the D one double A's and the, and the division twos, like, I mean, it really doesn't matter. You'll, and those and those those flags on the wall because those are the athletes who have been through here who are now there or have been there, and I'll say the most com- the common denominator with all of them was that training was a habit and it wasn't just showing up and that's you know that's a start that's where you need to get start you know making the habit I got to get to the weight room once you're there okay get after it I mean you don't just show it to practice just to get through it um be, you're always, you you want to be perfect in your plays you want to be perfect in execution. You should want to be a hard, you know, a hard worker. But you should want to be a hard worker and not just working in in, in getting better. Um, I think if you you look at what is most consistent with the athletes who have gone on to those high levels um, or in and or higher levels, it's that the common denominator on the thing they all had in common was that they were in the weight room and training four or five times a week. Um, doing the proper things to recover. That's why they're where they're, where they are at. And, and in, and in some instances, that's why some people are not. Um, and it's, and there's, and there's a big learning curve. Um, when you get there in a, you know, adult, you probably, you've seen it in your athletes when they first show up, you know, they've probably been used to, uh, I'll show, you know, two days a week and I'll just be in my, my weights class that I have to go to because it's on my schedule. And that's what I do. And then all of a sudden you're having to wake up at 5 a.m. and be in the weight room and throw some major weight around. Um, I can tell you, I know what it's like to show up on day one and look around the weight room and say, yeah, I, I think I'm benching with the kickers today. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that that happened once. And uh, there were some people who made sure that didn't happen again. But and, and that was learn, that was kind of the learning curve for me from a a standpoint of where I was physically to where I really needed to be. And there, there was a lot of growth that happened in that first year. Um, for some people that growth was maybe not physical, but it was attitude and getting there and doing the things you needed to do when you got there. Yeah. Taking your performance on the field as well, taking your recovery off the field as serious as you take your performance on the field as such a big thing. And I think a lot of, a lot of guys, like you were saying, the people that have the the flags on the wall throughout your facilities, those are the guys that understood that at a young age. Uh, those are the guys that you're going to find at the D1, D1 AA, all the schools around the nation uh, because they just understand, okay, it, sure, I have to be great on this field, but I only get, if we talk about our timeline in football, right, I only get, what, maybe a point of the uh, 1% of the time that I'm spending on my craft to actually play it in a game. So I got to take the the recovery, which is usually about half of what I'm doing in my practices 
I got to be able to use that time the best I can. So, yeah, that was great. <clears throat> no, I think in in talking about how the game has evolved, you know, not only from a coaching standpoint, if you're not trying to continually grow as a coach, uh, you're going to get left behind. And same as a trainer, same as in the strength and conditioning world, same with nutrition. And I think the game has changed, really, it's changed a ton uh, with the more information that's prevalent to our athletes. And if you're not a sponge looking to try to find a way to get better, if you're a guy that uh, or an athlete that people have to drag to training, look pretty soon you're going to get left behind. You have to have that discipline, that motivation to do the things, to find the information that you need. And I just wanted to send a quick shout out to one of our other um, sponsors um, guy that I met uh, just a few months ago, Clint Anderson. He has a, a training company called Lineman Performance Academy in uh, in Dallas when I was coaching in the XFL down there. And he's worked with uh, Lane Johnson. And he was kind of his go-to. He created this gym. And now he's got patents on uh, a ton of actual things that we'll utilize in our training with Five is One with his torque wheel to work stability and strike training and also the soup bone to, to kind of work with some of the other things for guys working hip mobility and extension. And I just wanted to thank uh, Clint for, for sending us some of the equipment that he uses with his five strong training with Lineman Performance Academy. And uh, we continue to use those, but I've got a couple other sponsors that I have to kind of throw. Maybe it's a good transition to talk about. You're going to time them in there. Bam, bam, bam. I'm going to, I'm going to throw all these sponsors at the same time, but the nutrition fact, uh, I think the component is big. And so when I was coaching in the XFL in Texas this past year, we would take the offensive line over to Vaqueros, Texas barbecue, and the guys would love having the barbecue and um, got a shout out to Trey and his staff uh, to Vaqueros, a family tradition since 1979 that they hooked the uh, Arlington Renegades up and the the XFL champions. Um, but also right next door was the Hop and Sting Brewery that we have to, you know, shout out. They took good care of us also. Uh, they were voted the best brewery in Dallas-Fort Worth area for six years running. And, and Chris, you know the Fort Worth area. You probably, you know, found some really good restaurants and places to hang out when you were at TCU but want to thank them for all that they do for, for my guys when I'm coaching them. But like a nutrition-wise, recovery-wise, I mean, I'm hearing stories from Walker when he's at Kentucky just about how the meals are already planned out. Like they're giving them vitamins, like all these things. And the, the nutritionists that are on staff and the staff that they have in the strength and performance area. And it's all about making the most of each day, of each workout, but also the recovery aspect and the hydration and the nutrition. Dalton, I know you're dealing with it currently coaching teams right now. Chris, you've dealt with it. Gerald, you've seen it from your time in Nebraska and in the NFL playing. Like how much, Dalton, do you have just a couple minutes to talk about how it's changed, how nutrition, um, how recovery and hydration, all those things are tying it together. It's not just show up in the weight room. It's what you do before and what you do after that's going to help you maximize your potential. You bet. The When I took this job, I thought 90% of my day was going to be sitting at my computer, you know, typing up the best program that's ever been written. Got that. That's fine. And then go out and coach it. 
that might be 5% of my day nowadays, like running around, chasing people down, trying to make sure everything's just right. Um, so to your point, college sports might as well be professional sports these days with the level of access um, and the the resources that a lot of the athletes have uh, available to them. Definitely your, your, your power five division one schools, um, you know, they'll, they'll have everything for these kids to take advantage of. And that's really what it comes down to then. If it's not as structured as uh, Kentucky has Walker's football program or day scheduled, um, it, it's either up to the athlete to make the most out of their day. And then you can see who your hard workers are going to be, who's searching for the next thing that they can do. And then you kind of get a read for your team on who might need a better push in the proper direction. Um, things that we utilize on a daily basis for recovery. Uh, I guess just in my travel bag that I'm uh, get to take with on the road, we have an ice tub that I get to set up um, and make sure guys get their ice baths in. We have our ice tubs in the training room up here as well when we're not on the road. Um, heat, vibration, uh, shoot, you know, bands we're stretching with all the time. Um, we actually, we just had a international tour in Taiwan this summer with the men's basketball program here. We had to play eight games in nine days. So they they threw that in my lap and we're like, all right, make sure no one gets hurt. Uh, make sure everyone's recovered. Make sure we're all good to go for tomorrow. Um, so I learned a lot about what our guys in, in these high school, college, middle school athletes are going to be more resilient than they think they are. They're always able to do more than they think they can do. And I think it's our jobs as coaches to frame it in a way that they're confident enough to accept the challenge that we put in front of them and then to go execute. Because I always tell an athlete, I'll never put you in a position that I don't think you can be successful in, whether that's putting an extra five pounds on the bar, um, you know, going for a new PR and a sprint, whatever it is. Like, I know you can do this. Now you just have to believe in yourself and go out and actually do that. So setting up the belief for, for athletes, I think, kind of goes into building those habits as well. It, it's more about the psychology of the kids that we're coaching these days, uh, getting them to, to buy into what we're selling, our, our recovery, our training, uh, rather than it is probably exactly what the information is on the paper. I don't think the program is as big of a deal as it is the person uh, that's delivering it. I think that means that that makes the biggest difference in the world. Um, and the last thing I'll say on that is all of those cliches that coaches use, they're all a cliche for a reason. They've been said a million times because they're true. Um, we just had one come up the other day in practice. How you do anything is how you do everything. So those are things that I probably rolled my eyes at as an athlete and now being in coaching and you guys all having more coaching experience than me probably understand that to the thousandth degree that uh, if we can just get these kids to understand that buy into your recovery, buy into your training, eat like an adult. That's one that a lot of kids don't do. They don't know how to eat properly either because they haven't been taught um, in school or by their family. But that's the thing I'm fighting with on a daily basis here is like, what are good foods to put in your body? What's going to get you right for the next practice, for the next workout? Um, and we were just lucky enough to have a a dietitian, sports dietitian, get on staff here. So none of that's my problem anymore. Ah. <laughs> he said, it's off my plate, baby. <laughs> no hey, did, you, did you keep them all healthy with the uh, eight games in nine days? Did, did we, you went, we went with 16 available athletes and came back with 17. So we did a damn good job. Came back with 17. Full recruiting. Yeah, that's what's like up. It. Yeah, we had one guy coming off a knee injury, and uh, we got some little telehealth clearance. He passed our fitness <laughs> test, and he was able to to play our last two games over there. I um, thought you picked the up transfer portal. Really <laughs> <laughs> hey, if he's, he's not a ground. I'll listen. I'll listen as long as you can go get a hoop. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. Hey, Chris, you've you've seen training change since you know you were an athlete, and then through your education, what you've seen being at TCU, being at Northwestern, what you've seen just with how the athletes have changed. Like you got to take on on kind of the the whole package rather than just the strength training. Yeah, um, it's been twenty years since I first showed to play college football, and it's kind of funny because athletes, college football players, have been one giant experiment, science experiment um, for a while. When I showed up, we weren't where, you know, the University of Texas and LSU and Oklahoma and USC were at that point in time um, compared to where TCU is now. Um, our, our, our sports nutritionist dietitian was our head strength coach. Um, and so it was a little meatheadish to say the least, but it was a lot better than what I was doing at the time and what probably any athlete was doing at the time. Um, you know, looking back with Dalton's comment about it, they haven't taught how do you properly wear this to the coaching or, or if it's family, if you, I was extremely fortunate. My mom's a master dietitian. So we had nutrition and eating well was, was not a problem in our house. So not everyone comes from that same that same background, and even now, like at the high school level, um, what you know, strength coaching, coaching football, and then the access to the resources of a sports nutritionist you might have now in places like in in some places in Texas, you might have a dietitian on staff for like the district, and so that person may service three or four high schools, um, but it's still way more than where it was twenty years ago. Um, so going along with the evolution of what I've seen, I show up, I know I haven't been eating enough and, 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 and training enough. I show up and my big, scary six foot four strength conditioning coach is okay. If you're not, if the, there's a point in time, you're not doing something you need to be eating. And if you find yourself doing something, not doing something and you're not eating, you're wrong. At that point in time, it was, don't worry about eating the right stuff. Just eat something, eat anything. And that's and that's kind of what I see with the high school athletes. And qu- quite honestly, it's kind of frustrating because it's like it's not that hard to eat. You know, if you look at you're getting three semi-decent meals in, let's just say you're getting a thousand calories in those meals. If you get a hundred calories every hour that you're awake, you're getting about 1,500, 1,200, 1,500 extra calories. So jail, that's a whole meal and a half at, at that rate, what they're doing. And how easy is it? A chewy bar is 90 calories. I can wolf down a chewy bar in about four seconds. So it's not that hard to get, you know, that many calories. It may sound like a lot, but when you space out over the day, it's not that hard. So that was one thing I learned. Hey, Gerald, how many chewy bars can you eat? (laughs) Gerald? You know, the funniest thing, he said that, and I was like, God damn. I found myself, I remember back in football, I found myself with just like one of the 24 packs, just sitting there like, yeah, I had one. I was like, oh, I'll have another. You got to fuel the Blacked engine, out, man. came back, the, the whole thing, it's all over me. I didn't know what was that anymore. I, I was out in Taiwan with the kids. <laughs> Get out there. Gerald, <laughs> were you a, a lineman that had to eat to maintain playing weight? and Or were you a lineman that had to kind of watch what they had to eat to maintain playing weight? I was lucky enough that I was the O-lineman that was just 300 pounds. Oh, you did perfect. Nice. 
I was just there. I just didn't move. I didn't I, I didn't go up. I didn't really go down. I mean, there was there are some days where people be like, oh, you're under 300 pounds. I'm like, no, nah, I got this still. I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not baby yet. Which I me being one of the people to say, Gerald, you're looking pretty skinny today. Was that 290? Is that 290, Gerald? Wow, that's still uh, 300. It's yeah, just, I, got, I got I got all black on today. It's one you, of those. You were, just, you were just moving. You were just moving fast, looking slim. So, <laughs> hey, Gerald, really, like, what was the most you ever weighed? Like at your NFL when you were playing at the highest level, or were you a guy that, hey, I'm going to be right around 305, 300? Uh, did you feel like you needed to pack weight on when you went to the NFL? No, no, I I think I was the heaviest in college, heaviest in college at three twenty five. That was probably the heaviest I ever got. When I got to the league, I think I lost. I think I dropped because I was I came in probably about three eighteen. I think I dropped down to three hundred on the dot, and I was just staying at three hundred. But I was just to try to keep up with you know the guys that I was around. I mean. You got Brandon Sheriff, who's floating across the the O line, just back and forth. And you're, you know, he does the rep, and then they're like, "Okay, you do it too." You know, <laughs> that guy, that that's okay. That's that's who I'm supposed to be today. I gotta be this monster. But yeah, no, I, uh, I, 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 I think that, um, I think at least when you get to that that next level, when you start getting into the the highest level of football of all sports, it's really about the ability to move your ability to to be in the right spot more than you having to give you know some crazy uh some crazy hit or all this power behind it as long as you're in the great you're in a great spot you you've been working yourself the way you're supposed to work yourself you're you're going to be in a good spot for the game um sorry i cut you off yeah we cut you off man we're talking about kids <laughs> trying to eat and then we got gerald he said chewy bars, bars. And I, I, you said <laughs> chewy bars you ruined this that, that was i'm blaming it on you i don't want to take the blame today <laughs> chewy bars were an easy target so um but yeah so um we, so at that point for me it was it, it was about getting calories just eat and we don't care what you eat but just eat and now we didn't have the at and we didn't have the access we didn't have walk into the football facilities and there's a fuel station and it, it basically it's a freaking 7-Eleven and it's free. You can take whatever you want. When I showed up to Northwestern, when I was on staff, we had one of those. I was like, okay, this is way different. It would have been so easy for me to gain weight. And the crazy thing is we had, we had players at Northwestern that were struggling to maintain and gain weight. And we're not talking like guys who, who were 300 and they're they're struggling to maintain 300. We're talking guys who are like 205 playing linebacker. Why is he a 195 this week? We're only in week three. Why is he losing weight? So it's you know to to the point about access and resources. You can have it all there, but if you if you're not getting your athletes to do it, then what what what's it worth? And so that, I mean that that was just something that happened for me. It, it, I did it. You know, I was one of those athletes who just did it. You know, coach said do it, then do it. Um, and I think at one point in time, you know, I was I was probably wolfing down at 8,000 calories a day. Where, as it relates to the level that we're at with those middle school, high school athletes, yeah, we want to eat, but what's the why? What's the reason why? You're building blocks of life. You can't gain weight if you don't have it. But the biggest thing is energy. It's your fuel, it's your fuel source. And if you don't have the fuel source in you, you're not going to perform. If you're not going to perform – that what what's the point um and 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 with that 
with that fuel source, the other thing that you know people don't realize is the first thing that your body breaks down and uses as energy that comes out of you is your muscle. You use that, you you spend all that time building that, building that lean muscle mass. That's the first thing to go um, because it's the it's easier for the body to break down and convert to energy. Yeah, eventually you're gonna you, you're gonna break down fat, but you you're gonna you're taking away from your performance the things that are make you fast and strong and powerful and the things that are gonna keep you going 10 weeks 12 weeks into the season so that's the other big aspect of of, of nutrition and I always and I tell my my athletes at at this level it's not nutrition for nutrition it's nutrition for fueling your body for what it needs to do when you get to college and you're at that higher level and you've got three mass, master degree dietitian and sports, sports nutritionists, they can tell you much more specifically about what you should and shouldn't be eating. My job right now is just to get you to fuel your, fuel your body to do what it yeah. needs to do. Um, but where you get to that next level, and Walker can attest to this being at Kentucky, his, his nutrition intake is regimented probably to the hour. That's, that's stuff 20 years ago probably we didn't see that anywhere south of the NFL, you know, uh, at that professional level. Now you're getting it at the, uh, at, at that power five division one college football level. And if you look at the other sports, basketball is probably getting it too. baseball. I can tell you university of Arkansas adult and I, we were, we've been at a couple of seminars with their strength coach and strength staff has been there. I mean, that place you talk about strength conditioning staff on being on point for, for, for division one baseball, I mean, I can guarantee they're probably doing the same stuff there. So, um, yeah, it's not just football, and it's not just those those high levels. Um, everything trickles down, and eventually it gets to everybody else. One of these days, maybe we'll be there at the high school level. But um, right now, we're just hey, we're just trying to put fuel in the tank at this point. Question for you: I'm a parent of a multi-sport athlete. You guys want to start doing training at Fix with five is one. You're going to do strength training. You're going to do nutrition. Uh, you're going to work on strength, uh, stretch, recovery, the whole deal. But my kid plays another sport. Like, give me the reasons why I should come and do work with your plan at Fix. If I'm a kid that's in the area, maybe middle, you know, I might be a sophomore, all of a sudden I'm thinking about doing basketball, I'm going to wrestle, or I'm doing a spring sport. Like I played multiple sports. I want my kids to play multiple sports. I think it's one of the best things for you that you don't get overworked, that you're doing the same repetitive movements all the time. How does training fit into the multi-sport athlete, especially when you're kind of transitioning from one sport to the next? I say that's one of the toughest things that we have to deal with. That's one of the biggest challenges is we've got this great, perfect plan for football players coming out of season. You don't start football. It, the, the challenge that they have at the college level is that you have a very small window because spring ball starts sooner and sooner. So you have to, from the end of your bowl game or when you come home for winter break until one week before spring ball starts, when the coaches come off the road from recruiting. That's like maybe two months. I mean, that that's a very small window to make some serious offseason gains. Um, we're a little bit more fortunate where spring ball isn't a whole month full padded, intense, you know, four week season. It's basically it's flag football for them at this point. So I don't worry about that part. But like to your point, 
basketball, wrestling, winter sports, and then go straight into another another season. Well, here's a big question. If not now, when? Because if it's not going to be this season because you're in sport, it's not going to be next season because it's in sport. So we're going to wait until the summer. So it, it, at some point, you know, it's there's there's some sacrifices that have to be made. There's a lot of time management that needs to be put, put into it. Um, and so it's like, well, you got to find the time. Just like you got to find find the calories, you got to find the time. And for someone who's in season, practicing pretty much every day, also having to go on a competition, for us that that's training load management uh, is kind of our big thing. It's like, how can we find a, how can we make gains, still get you stronger, not get you hurt, um, and it, it, it still it still keep you healthy healthy for your season or at least energetic for your season. But that's kind of the big question is like, well, if it's not going to be this season, if it's not going to be next season, but like, what, 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 what are we going to wait for? When is a good time to start? And if, there, if the answer is, there's really not a great time to start. Okay, now's the time to start. So let's at least get something done. We may not be benching 300 pounds by the end, by the end of our training block, but are we benching 10 pounds more than what we did? And if it's not going to completely deplete, yeah, and I'll tell you, there isn't anything that we will do to to our kids at this level, especially that is going to completely deplete a kid from being able to go to practice the next day. We're just we're just not going to be there. Um, is is as much and as hard as I want to work the work the guys, get those <laughs> results. I just I I can't. Uh, you know, it, there's I have too much stuff going on with other athletes in here at the same time. So it's you know what is the most appropriate thing in order to to get those gains and find them. And I think, yeah, I think, go ahead, Dalton, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, just bouncing off of that, the, there, there never is a, a time when it's going to be perfect, like in anyone's life for, to start training or to transition from one season to the next. But if you look at the demands of the sport, if that is going from uh in-season football period to an athlete that plays basketball or wrestle right into winter sport, we just have to be smarter about the training. Like, okay, maybe we're not going right into our off-season training, uh, you know, with our five-is-one program, but, okay, how do we stay strong? And as a strength and conditioning coach, there's some some super simple benchmarks that, um, you know, I use in-season to make sure we maintain our strength. Uh, strength is actually one of the qualities that will decrease the slowest. Your aerobic capacity and your strength will hang around for a little bit longer uh, than your power which hangs around for like 15 days before it starts to drop off. And then uh, the next one will be your speed. Your fast twitch goes away the quickest. So if I'm thinking about training an athlete in season, maybe when they're also working uh, or training an athlete out of season for football, where they might be going into another season in sport, is we just think about what is the most important thing to maintain for the following football season and how do we give that athlete that in doses that they can still handle with the sport they're playing now. And the, the, the programs for a football player, same athlete, will take Walker. Let's say Walker comes out of football season and he's going into wrestling. His program going into wrestling might look a little bit different than uh, a football season. Walker's finishing. He's going into basketball. You know, So you just got to be smart. Know the demands of the sport that you're going into. But also, what are the most important things to hang on to for my primary sport, which in you know most kids' cases, I would assume would be football. Typically, what would you guys recommend? Let's say season's over for a middle schooler as opposed to maybe season's over for a high school kid. Um, how much time should should you just, I'm going to rest. 
I'm going to, you know, I know middle school football is not going to be as demanding as maybe playing at the varsity level. Let's be real, you know, and there are some kids that are maybe playing varsity and JV right now as they get going into the into the playoffs um, as the high school season's kind of hitting the second half. But like Chris, you've seen a lot of kids come through your facility. How much time should they take like when the season's over? Okay, you won the state championship or, hey, I got knocked out in the first round of playoffs, whatever it may be. How much time should they just chill? Depending, so it depends on the, you know, the the length of the season. If we're talking, we got into the playoffs and we're looking at an eleven to fifteen week season, I want my guys to take at least a week. And maybe maybe that's not sitting on your sitting on the couch for a week. Still come in here. We'll move some weights around. We'll do this. We'll do that. But we're not gonna we're not gonna load up the bar we're not gonna um go an hour and a half two hour long workout maybe it's just like a you know our our pregame or zero hour workout that dalton actually made and we still use maybe it's something that looks like that just keep the blood flowing get some range of motion get a little bit of resistance um and then and then we get get into it um we're looking at like when we get started with the five is one uh crew about two weeks something like that and then and then we're rolling into it um but the other big aspect of it is, and this is kind of the relation, the re- part of the relationship between athlete and strength coach or athlete and coach together is communication. Like, I want to know how, how are, how do you feel? Because we may go a week and you may still, still not feel great. And then in, in which case, maybe we need to take a few more days or maybe it's just, hey, I feel fine. Coach, let's just get after it. Okay. Well, we may not go right into week one, but we, Look, we can put you on something for a week, and we can we can get after some weight, we can get after some speed, but that's the other that's the other piece of it. You know, it's not just me me talking to or yelling at the athletes for twelve straight weeks. It's 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 two ways. It's um it's athlete talk, communicating with me about how they feel, and that 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 just makes it a little bit easier to do my job from a program standpoint. Um, so those are those are kind of the two biggest things. Um, but I, is a general rule of thumb. I'm going to say a whole week. Um, and then we just kind of feel it out from there. I think you can go generally based on what they don't get in their sport. So football is going to be, um, <clears throat> you know, high accelerations. It's going to be uh, a lot of change of direction. It's going to be maybe for our bigger bodies up front. It's more just force production. You're going to get some compression through the lower back. Shoulders might be beat up, knees, hips, ankles, the whole lower body thing might be beat up, but what I generally give people for like, if, if they just come off of a season and they're the type of athlete that likes to continue to train consistently, stay in their routine, I'll say, do whatever you want in the weight room. It has to be with dumbbells and it has to be for more than 12 reps. And you know, no one's really going to be able to hurt themselves. Our dumbbells go up to a hundred here. They go up to a hundred at fix. Like, yeah, that can be heavy, but you know, for a high level athlete, you really can't mess yourself up too much with a set of dumbbells um, and anything over 12 reps. So I think that's, fairly safe just easy if they want to get some movement in pick some exercises you like go crazy we'll see you next week and we'll get the barbell out again most definitely <clears throat> the i'd say the 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 wrap-up question that we always ask uh whenever we have our guys on talking after we get done talking football bad jokes that i try to tell we um we we get our story time and everything it's the the last thing that you would tell for for a guy 
say a young guy, he's trying to make his way, he's trying to become, you know, a better player, better athlete, better in some uh, some scenario in his game, he wants to be better. What would you say, and you can go into the football mechanics of it, you can go into the strength, conditioning, nutrition, whichever way you want to go with it, but what would be the one thing that you think is important to tell him? Uh, I would say for me to you start. Got it yeah, 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 <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, me? <laughs> no, for good. Um, I'd say the, the most important thing for a young athlete of any sport is their movement quality. I think anything that we do, I'm, I'm starting to get to be an old man. I'm not going to say anything about, you know, anyone else on here, but I know Clark's old. Oof. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you too, man. Don't worry. The, the, the older we get, the less we want to move, you know? just in general. And that's the same thing from seven years old to to 18 when they graduate high school. And then they want to move even less as we go. So as a, a young kid, can you move through a full range of motion of every, you know, can your hip go all the way up? Can your knee flex fully? Can you have full range of motion and shoulder overhead? Do you have the, the ability to get into the the positions that your sport will demand? So for an offensive lineman, you're going to have to have some mobility through your ankles and your hips like just gonna have to otherwise you won't be able to get in the stance um you know as a uh let's say i got a seven footer on my basketball team all right you got to pick a ball up off the ground i need you to be able to get down there so if you cannot do that at the at a slow pace how can i count on you to do that full speed in a competitive game so i think the most important thing for any young athlete is can you move well through a full range of motion we can get strong after that. That's easy. Definitely. What do you got for us, Clark? I'll, I'll fall back on the things I always talked about as a coach. Give me passion. Give me effort. I mean, if you're going to – there's there's a saying in the fitness world, we'll use it in the strength and conditioning world, the hardest thing about working out is just getting there. Once you're here, yep, give me, give me everything you got. I mean, it may only be a 45-minute workout. It may be an hour-and-a-half workout. But – Give me full effort. I mean, if you're going to give full effort on the football field, you're going to give full effort in the practice for the most part. Um, why why not Why not continue that trend and just give me full effort in here as well? Um, it's easy to say no. It's easy to back off and, um, and, and, and not do not, – not load up the bar the way you're supposed to, maybe not move at the speed you're supposed to because it's easier to do. And, you know, kind of another coachism, if it was easier, everybody would do it. Um, but, you know, we're not here. This is not the place to do things because it's easier, do things because I'm comfortable doing it. Um, it's important to to learn how to get uncomfortable, especially at this level, because when you get to that next level, it's it's uncomfortable the whole way. <laughs> I mean, Jared. Living the suck, living the suck, man. Yep, we used to have those shits all day. (laughs) I mean, Walker, Walker's uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable on day one. I mean, and what, and that's the other thing about it is like, what true freshman is comfortable going on the road and being the dude starting as a true freshman? Oh, by the way, you're going to Athens this weekend, and you're the long snapper and the short snapper. Don't screw it up. You know. Um. Hey, there were there were a lot more long snaps than short snaps <laughs> in that game. So let's just. Get that I didn't right. want to be the one to say. It. I didn't want to say. Hey, it. You know what, my man, my man got a real taste of it this past week. I'm super proud of him. Um, 
they got to bounce back, but that's the SEC. And that's if you want to play at that level, buckle up. It's every play is fourth and one. I mean, that's the way it is. Every day is every moment at the facility. It's fourth and one. Like you've got, if if you want to play at the highest level, Gerald, you and I were in the NFL for a cup of coffee. Like there are guys that have it mastered and and it's like, you've got to take your training. You've got to take your nutrition. You've got to take your finances. you got to take, you know, your study time. It all has to mean so much more to you if you want those. Everybody wants it, but it's what are you going to put into it before it happens? Definitely. And uh, since I'm not as good at this as Jaime is, how he is throwing sponsors in left to right, I'm going to just have to throw mine in right now. Okay, we got uh, Ray Clowther <clears throat> and Tip of the Spear Blast Shields. Uh, blast Shields allow coaches and players to take the most dominant techniques in the game uh, into their own hands during practice and their training sessions. So uh, I guess I can try to tie it in. We're talking about just the that big step, that next step. Always, you have to you have to be able to use every. Uh, you have to be able to use every opportunity, every skill, every kind of uh, tool that you have, you know, in your arsenal. So you're able to just to do well and keep moving forward. And yeah, definitely. Uh, I was happy to see young buck out there balling and playing good uh, football. It, it, it was a little hard seeing all those punts have to go up, but I mean, that's, that's just how the game sometimes roll, right? You got to roll with it. And uh, you know, it's, it's about just growing from every opportunity, you know, every workout, every game, every practice. And that's one of the things that Gerald, I love that we both train the kids in town here. They get a perspective from me. They also get something from you that they're doing a lot of recovery work with you during the weekends right now in season. And then we're going to call in the experts and, and to have Chris and his staff at fix to be able to now transition, not only what we're doing on the turf, with the technical part of the offensive line and tight end training that we're doing, but also guys with their background and what they're going to be able to bring to these athletes here in Colorado. But when we expand our training, when it's going to California, when we've got guys in Georgia, when we've got guys in the Carolinas and back in Texas, that there are resources of coaches that are going to help our players that train with five as one be the best that they can be. And I'm not going to have every answer. Gerald, you coach things a little different. There's not always just a cookie cutter way to say something. Chris, you've got one way you're going to train guys. You're going to bounce ideas off Dalton. Dalton, you picked up so much from, from Jason Dill and Chris Clark at Fix. And then we're the places that you've gone. This is all about helping our athletes maximize their potential. And that's why I wanted to get all you guys on the, uh, on the episode today. Um, Dalton, it's good to see you. It's been a while since, uh, since we we've been in contact, I think maybe last time I saw you was your going away party, and it was the uh, the arm farm. We were arm farm, you bet. The arm farm to, to send you out on the road to to send you to California because you can't roll in there without cutting off sleeves. Apparently, you know, Chris <laughs> Chris Chris is all the way out to Hawaii with his backdrop. Um, but uh, man, it's it's good to have you guys on here together. Um, appreciate the time, and I know Dalton, it's it's busy for you right now. You guys are getting ready to roll and uh it's happening fast basketball season's long you have got some great insight to it i appreciate your expertise and uh man it's great to have you on yeah it's nice to see you guys nice to meet you gerald uh, nice to meet you too man and and thank you for for letting me talk for a little bit i know i'm still young in the game but um 
it's always good to chop it up and and learn. Like I don't have as much football experience as I did probably five years ago. I'm real deep in basketball now, so it's always good to talk some football. Well, it's it's good that you know they have some young blood in here since you pointed out that you know some people are older on this uh, on this episode than others. But he said uh, old. He didn't say older. He said old. Old. I, I appreciate Clark's that. Old. Thanks, Gerald. Clark, well, <laughs> I always I always say it's not the years, it's the miles of this guy. <laughs> is that what it is? I've been around the world three times. That's a lot of miles, man. That is miles. God bless. Well, guys, guys with your experience, Chris, it's great to have y'all, man. And, and you're just such a great resource for us to have for our athletes that train with Five is One here in Colorado. Uh, and we're excited about the new program, the new off-season program uh, that kids are going to start joining in. We've got the middle schooler package getting ready to go very soon since their seasons are done. Um, and then hopefully every high school kid plays every game to its fullest. But after the season's over, there needs to be a transition time because training's got to pick up. you got to recover. And then making that emphasis with our training, Gerald, with how we're going to transition into ramping it up a little bit more because right now a lot of what we do is maintenance. And, uh, and so uh, just understanding the calendar, understanding <clears throat> the schedule, having guys like this uh, as resources – I think is uh, is what makes five is one really something special for the kids that come and train with us. So, uh, Chris, thanks for jumping on board, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much. This was great. Jaime, was it not good? I, I enjoyed myself. Hey. We got to talk. We got to tell, you know, a couple jokes here and there. It was good. And with that being said, Gerald, you know, you keep it coming strong and uh, looking forward to more training. Uh, as we move forward and uh, we'll check in here in the next couple episodes as uh, college football cranks up and we'll see maybe if TCU can get hot again, Chris, to uh, maybe make another uh, reappearance in the, uh, in the postseason. Maybe Uh, Nebraska somehow makes it to the playoffs. Nobody knows yet. We don't know yet. Right. How about a TCU Nebraska bowl game? Oh, now we're actually talking about something that could happen. Okay. It'd be like, and uh, then uh, USC, USC, they actually take it all the way. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. They got the uh, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. We'll see if we can piece it together here. They had to work a couple triple overtimes to to beat uh, the Wildcats from Arizona. But uh, we'll see. Big matchup with Notre Dame. And, and uh, the season is cranking along. And we wish uh, UC Irvine all the best with the Hoop Squad. And uh, we'll catch up with everybody soon. And uh, with that being said, thanks for jumping on board tonight. You bet. Take care. Thank you. See you guys.